Now, I want you to see the setting of it. It's in their church. It's in the synagogue. The demon-possessed man is at worship. You guys know where I'm going right now, right? You may be possessed today. I'm not going to assume that everyone in this room belongs to Jesus. That is heresy. Some of you is, are in this room breathing but not living. Some of you are in this room, right, and you're possessed by a demon. And right now, not trying to make up anything, right, trying to, uh, try to fanaticize this situation, it is my joy in Jesus' authority to rebuke you in the name of Jesus, Satan. If you are in any one of these people in this room, get out in Jesus' name. You are released. You don't belong here. Get the hell out. Go where you belong. Hell. Where the gospel is preached, there's power. You don't belong here, Lucifer. You don't belong here, Legion. You don't belong here, Damien. You do not belong here. Get out in the name of Jesus. Leave God's people alone. Get out of here now. Why? Because where God is, the enemy trembles. We see it. We see it. He's trembling. We see it. The man is released. No squatters in Ohana Church this morning. No demonic squatters. No domain possession in here this morning. Get out in the name of Jesus. So, so, so why Jesus? Because he has the authority and power to free us from the schemes of the devil. Have you wondered why some people in your life struggles with the same sin and the same scrap in their hearts? Have you wondered why even yourself may struggle with some of it? You may be controlled by a demon that you don't even acknowledge yet. There's no in-betweens. You're either death or your life. That's the gospel, right? And this, here's the joy of it. Because this gospel has been proclaimed, you can know for sure where you stand. You can know for sure whether you are in death or whether you are in life, not based on your articulation of understanding or your education or whatever the case is, right? You can know by the power of the Holy Spirit of God in the flesh, we call Jesus, that you are possessed by something that's not him. And rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Be released in the name of Jesus. Be free in the name of Jesus. Luke 4 says this about the Spirit. Luke 4 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Help me out. To what? Proclaim. Help me out. The good news to the what? Poor. He's not just talking about physical poor. He's talking about spiritual poor people. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the what? The captives, those who are still struggling with pornography, bad relationships, drugs, addiction, whatever the case is. He, and look at and recovering of the sight to the what? Blind. Think about that systematic order that just happened, right? Look at that power, right? He said good news to the poor. He said proclaim liberty to the captives. He says recovering the sight to the what? 
the blind. There's a systematic order of the gospel. It says this, to set all liberty to those who are oppressed. If you are oppressed in the name of Jesus, if you heard this gospel clearly in the name of Jesus, Christ has come to set you free. Christ has come to give you liberty. Christ has come to make you know that he didn't come here to just sit on it, but he came here to make much of it. And what is that? His glory, his renown, his absolute omnipresent humanity and deity. God is good. He's good. He's good. So, so why Jesus? Because he is powerful, right? So here's my conclusion. Look at the public's response in the synagogue. It says that they were amazed so that they questioned, <laughs> right? So that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? A new teaching and authority? I mean, this brother, he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. What, what, what is the opposite of that? The scribes are not doing that. The Pharisees are not doing that. The Sadducees definitely not doing that. The scholars, Gal Galamel and, and all these other, Josephus, they're not doing that. Right? This is their, their contemporaries of the day, right? And look at, at verse 28. I want you to see this. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. So scholars believe this is Jesus' second year of ministry. Of ministry. He had three to four years this is because, because this text proclaims his. So I want you to see three things in, our, in this beautiful ending verses, right? We see number one, the prominence of preaching. Right? Another word for prominence is the importance of preaching. Look at it. It says, and they were amazed, right? So that they questioned among themselves, saying this was a new style of preaching. It was no longer an extension of someone's relationship. It was a revelation of Jesus himself. Listen to me. Preaching the word is something we should not take for granted. Can I get a witness? I believe the one that preaches must both be physically and spiritually drained because of their time spent in the word and spent delivering the word. Right? Preaching is the means in which lives are changed. Preaching is what feeds the body of Christ. Preaching is what develops more gospel-centered leaders. Preaching is what, look, preaching must be the foundation of the church. Why? Because they must hear the verbal, articulated word of God. We can do all good stuff and stuff for the football team and the community. And that could be just socially but apart from preaching the word of God, there's no power in giving free soda and juice and whatever we do as church people in America, right? There's no power. Look at what 1 Timothy says. A young pastor, Paul says to Timothy, he says, until I come, hey, look at this word. What is that word? Devote, right? Devote, commit, all right? Devote yourself to the public, what? Reading of scripture, and here's the preaching part, to exhortation and what? To teaching. All right? Preaching must be important in the body of Christ. And don't just value the individual who's preaching it. Value the approach and delivery of it. For us, anybody can preach here if they do it the right way. That's why we have a screening process for those who preach on this platform. 
That's why we also believe in expository preaching, books of the Bible, verse by verse, and also exegetical preaching versus eisegetical preaching. All those things every church member should know. What those things mean. Why? Because you got to know what you believe and why you believe it. You can't just be like this Jewish sects and these, these Jewish uh, scribes who go through the traditional just form and formality of worship. That's my concern for many of you today. When you want to join the church, because right now the church is hopping and going, the thing I ask is, what is the gospel? You can't articulate it to me. And that's a prerequisite to be a member of the church. You got to understand the gospel and you got to be able to proclaim the gospel. You don't have to say it the way I said, but you have to understand the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus and the response to it and his ascension back and descension back. Amen? We got to understand that. Look, note this. I want you to see the first thing that people were amazed at in the text. They weren't amazed by the demon possession thing first. They were amazed by his teaching. Since 1906, the Azusa Revival, where the Charismatics all came out, loved them, grew up in the Pentecostal church, loved them to death. The thing that went haywire was people were putting their effort and trust in fanaticism rather than the declaration, proclamation, and preaching of the word of God. So in Hilo right here, there's people thinking that falling on their back Speaking in angelic and unknown tongues and all this stuff and all that. They think that's what saves them. That's what keeps them. But listen to me. Whether you are a, 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 a continuous, right? Whatever the case is. Whether you are dispensationalism, a sensationist. Whatever you are. You may not even know. Praise the God if you don't know that, right? But whatever you are. The most important thing we can do at Ohana Church is clearly divide the word of God to you expositorily and exegetically. The overflow of that, right? Right? The overflow of that is our second point, right? The products of preaching. We see the products of preaching. What happens? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. I want you to see the systematic order of what happened, the, the prominence of preaching and the products of preaching, all right? Listen to me, all right? Not every time when we preach, there's going to be someone free from demon possession, not every time. Sometimes it's a process. Sometimes whatever the case is, you're not going to see these signs and wonders and places I've been around the world where there is no written Bible. Therefore, there's some extraordinary gifts and things that take place that is amazing. But here when we have the scripture, I want you to see the importance of the product of preaching is that in God's sovereign grace, he can allow healing to take place. He can allow demon possession to be free from it to take place. He can heal the sick. He can heal the lame. Preaching is the authoritative platform we have to confront darkness with light. <coughs> Listen to me. The product, okay, is the result of the, the prominence of preaching. Last year we see the purpose of preaching. Look at verse 28. It says, and at once... His fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. It's very simple when it comes to preaching. Make Jesus known. Our message is not about you. That's what people think today. Our message is about Jesus. Jesus. 
We can't even, but, 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 God, but God, God loves, yeah, yeah, he loves you. But primarily, you know, he's about his glory. He's about his fame. He's about himself. Oh, and he's pretty conceited, right, and all that. Listen to me, Hawaiians. He is God. He deserves all our affection. He deserves all our attention. He deserves everything that he is due for today because he is God. So for us, like, like, how do we make much of Jesus through preaching? What, is, what does this look like? Well, many of you missed 411 this past Thursday who are members. And so I want to reiterate what we believe God is allowing us to be a part of when he comes. What does this preaching look like for 2019? Oh, This is what's happening in, in 2019. Here's some goals that we're saying. God, we're praying that because of the preaching of the word, we will see these things happen. Number one, I know it's small. Uh, uh, we got one big projector. It's in the back. We're just waiting to put them up, okay? All right? So just squint, all right? If you don't know it, you can go on your Bible app and look up Ohana Church. But here's the deal. We want to plant two additional churches. Hear me out. We are a church plant that was planted by church plants. We believe part of the way we're going to fulfill the Great Commission in, in Jesus is through planting churches. Since 2014, we've planted nine churches globally. Small little church in Hilo, Hawaii, who has a heart for the gospel to advance. We want to plant one in our unchurched community of Japan and one more on the island of Hawaii. But number two, we want to give $15,000 to missions. You may say, wow, that's a lot of money for a church like us. It is. But our heart someday is to at least to get to the point where 50% of our budget goes to missions and not our personnel. God can do that. How do we know that? The gospel is global today. The gospel is global. Number three, in addition to our three-year uh, campaign journey we're calling Building for the Future, we want to reach 100 additional people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, Right? That's the, if, our, if, if all we're doing is soaking up the gospel right here, shame on us. What comes in us must be pressed out of us in Jesus' name. That's the verbal word of God. So in addition to that, in the next year, we want to we wanna add 40 new gospel-centered members. Number five, we want to develop 15 new leaders in this growth aspect. And in, those, in part, of those two, part of that 15 new leaders, we want to ordain two kahus. Right, which, we, which in Hawaii means pastor or elder. And also two of them being ordained as a namana'o, which we call our deacons in English. People that help serve the church. Number six, we want to add five additional ohana groups. Right now we have 16 ohana groups meeting all month at houses, at storefronts, at schools, at beaches. They're meeting. We want to add five more in the next year. You see why we need 15 more leaders and we need to develop more leaders? We, we also want to hire an additional admin to our staff because of the intensity of the mission. Number eight, we want to host our first church planting conference as a church to share with them why what church planting has done for us as a family of the Ohana and how it has helped us to plant nine churches in, the, in four years. We asked God four years ago to plant 10 churches in 10 years, and God just wowed us and planted nine churches in four years. Only God can do stuff like that. Next year, we want to send four additional uh, mission trips. 
want to do six mission teams, six mission trips to all our church plants and partners around the world so that, listen to me, this church would understand that God has called us and sent us, sent us out to advance the gospel. And lastly, some of this may be new to you, but our facility, our property has come up for sale. And we are the only buyers. Can I get a witness, right? Nobody wants a 80-year-old facility, right? We want it. You guys know how price works here and the cost of living in Hawaii is. And, and so I see the price that our landlord wants as a call from God. We want to purchase this facility for $295,000. Right? You may say, huh? We? You want we? You want us to do this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you know since we got this facility, we have grown by 50%? That's not in the facility. The facility just allows us to do what facilities allow us to do. This is not our God. This will probably burn someday, or we will burn, whether by man or by the Lord. You know, it'll burn. It's just a means for the gospel to advance. Our mortgage will be 50% lower than what we're paying today in our lease. Amen? The, pre the pressure of, of funding a facility where people can gather is no longer just on the pastors, right, of the church, the leaders of the church, but everyone who calls Ohana Church home. You guys remember when we first got here? Right? Uh, some of you, I guess. <laughs> it's not like what you see today. And, you know, we've got plenty of work to do. Listen to me. This is a perfect example why preaching the gospel must be valued in our ohana. From death to life. Not just Jesus loves you, but don't understand the penalty of that death. The cost. We want this to happen. We know God's going to allow it to happen. We have a couple options already for the facility in loans and all this, and so we're looking at the best option for our fellowship. God has uniquely, I say that, understanding our context, 95% of our people were saved in this church, didn't have church background when we first started. 90% of them were on welfare, government assistance. Some of those numbers have dropped because of the influence of the community and all that. Like, like how can you purchase something so big with such a stat? Jesus. Jesus. So, so, so why Jesus, right? Let me wrap it up this way. Because what he says and what he does invites us into a personal love relationship with himself. The greatest reward is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. As much as I love football, and you guys joke about me loving football next to Jesus, right? I don't, I don't care less if my son is ever good in football, my three boys. What I do care is that they would receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. That whatever they do is to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. So is it, if it's like their daddy playing football and coaching football and and 
and hanging out with crazy sinners on a Saturday night at my house and cussing and, and then drinking and watching MMA and like that doesn't show my values at all. But if that's what it takes to reach people with the gospel, okay. The Bible Belt, you can't have functions like that. Let me tell you something. You're not in the Bible Belt. How are we going to reach the lost if we just reach people that look like us and act like us? I had a Christian football player, or the mother is at least, he not, I know that. And he, she, was, she was concerned because it's the third time we're getting together at my house and the coaches, they have their tent outside of the house and they're drinking under that tent. And my conviction is a little bit different about drinking and all that, but I'm not preaching about that. What I am I preaching about that she didn't want him to come and I understand it her job is to shepherd her child she said a great thing she said I can't control what you allow at your house but I can control what I allow my child to be around amen right so I told her amen I agree with you in addition I will say this to you the reason why I allow these things to happen is number one I know these hundred people that I was at my house yesterday would never come to a Sunday morning service. But they would come to my house for barbecue, for potluck, and Hawaiians. This potluck was better than Thursday night's potluck, let me just tell you. No, I promise. Brought these Hawaiians, brought spam musubi, Korean chicken, and we're not talking about like some of you bringing the small little pots and all that. These Hawaiians was bringing the pans, all right? That we all, we all ate at least six times yesterday, right? Not me, I ate one time, just being behavior, you know? Somebody had to stay sober that night, you know? And watch the chaos, you know? The tohu aboha, you know? And we did this, and here's the, the highlight. Because Joe was there, here's the highlight. I got to share the gospel with them. Not that Jesus just loves them, but you're a sinner headed to hell and your only prescription for hell is Jesus yep I'm one of those preachers and I want to apologize same time I want my boys I call my football team to know Jesus I want my sons to know Jesus I want you to know Jesus I thank God that somebody shared the gospel with me. They loved me, this crazy Hawaiian, to Jesus. This scrapper. This guy that always scrap and calls, calls scraps. I want them to know that Jesus removed that dark spirit in me and placed in me a new heart that belongs to Jesus because of his spirit. I want them to. That's why I'm a critical coach. That's why I'm a critical pastor. In good ways. I want people to know Jesus. You want people to know Jesus? You want to know Jesus? Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Everyone around this room. And, and not formality of emotions because the piano is playing. But really because Jesus is good. Every head bow, eye closed. You would say, God, I need Jesus this morning.
I need Jesus this morning. All around this room, if you agree like me that I need Jesus this morning, with no one looking around, would you simply just raise your hands as a response of, yeah, God, oh, I need you, God. I'm in need of your power. You do the boss, your mother. I need you, God, right? Amen. Put your hand down. I want to talk to the first one, the one I call the follower of Jesus, the genuine follower of Jesus. Your eyes bow, closed and your head bowed. You would say, Thank God. The message of God has hit me today. And I am more passionate about the gospel today. But I'm struggling in my walk. Can you pray for me or pray with me? If that's you, and you believe that you are a follower of Jesus and you're just struggling in your walk, and you just need some encouragement this morning. If that's you, raise your hand real quick. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, we pray for those raising their hands. God, bless them. Answer them. What you say and what you do is together. <laughs> and so, God, we love you. And we receive your mana oil and your, your mana.